Look at them, madame. Have you ever in your entire life seen anything so beautiful? I'm sorry, I don't know anything about stamps. Live from the Stamp Show Here Today infotainment complex, this is the award-winning Stamp Show Here Today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. You can support this witless touch. Yada, 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 I got a letter. Oh, uh, this is Cash. This is Mark. This is Jim. Uh, a letter, it says, to whom it may concern, I hereby apply for lifetime membership in your stamp club. I also promise not to attempt to obtain a title, preferring to remain a commoner as I have been for my entire life. Keep up the podcast. Regards, just plain David. Ah, love you, Dave. Yep. So uh, here are the qualifications for your application for a lifetime membership. You have to have mailed us 10 bucks. And having done so, you are accepted. I hereby anoint you as a lifetime member. No photo ID is required. <laughs> Maybe we should require ID. Yeah. We could identify each other at the shows that way. Yeah. A tattoo. Yes. So I'll start off today. What, start, what crossed my desk is the lens, and it's, uh, it has a headline saying, Stanley Gibbons reorganizes to shed le legacy debt. Now, uh, then it goes into saying uh, three paragraphs of almost nothing. <laughs> I mean, just no information whatsoever. So I thought that I would give some information, being that I have like a piece of paper that says I'm smart with economics. And so I wanted to give you guys a little bit of history about Stanley Gibbons. It started in the 1880s. We're going to skip all the way up to 19 or 2008. So between the 1880s and 2008, have a ball. Yeah, fast forward 120 years. Yeah. <laughs> so in 2008, a guy named Paul Frazier sold his interest in Stanley Gibbons. He was the guy who was running it before that. He great stamp collector. Uh, a lot of the stuff that you see from Stanley Gibbons was all under his tenure. Um, he did great things. Well, he sold out and basically it went to sort of a holding company. And from 2010 to 2015, there was easy money, low interest rates, stuff like that. So they bought a lot of stuff. They, well, in 2017, they were worth $75 million and they used that to leverage their purchases. And they purchased, um, a, uh, I have a list here. Where's my list? I mean, just some stuff that is just incredible. Oh, I can't even find my list. Anyway, there was uh, like a wine company and art companies and a bunch of stuff. They just acquired stuff to grow. Well, they took on debt to do this. And uh, when Paul Frazier left, when he sold out, 
Stanley Gibbons share price was worth about 240 pence, two pound 40 per share. Today it's worth about three pence, but you really don't know because it was delisted from most of the stock exchanges. <laughs> so they just tanked the company. Everybody who was involved made a whole bunch of money except for the shareholders. Uh, at I remember, oh, this was a couple of years ago, I was talking to people, and this was when it was like, I forget, it was less than 30 pence per share. But I said, you know, this is worth 16 pence per share with their stamp collection. So half the value is in their stamp collection. And if they just liquidated, you'd make money conceivably. Well, today, um, they're so underwater, they have negative value. So the Stanley Gibbons reorganizing to shed legacy debt. Now, I kind of see legacy as like a legacy, like it's old timey stuff, you know, legacy debt, your, your legacy catalogs from the 1900s and stuff. No, this is legacy debt from like 10 years ago. <laughs> and so uh, I don't consider that legacy debt. I think that they are putting this forward to make Stanley Gibbons look good. But now what it really is, is they screwed the pooch between 2010, 2015 being a holding company that acquired stuff with debt. Interest rates are now up and they've got problems. So yes, they need to shed their, and I'm using finger quotes here, legacy debt from nine years ago. But basically, uh, I'm not going to say mismanagement because I don't want to get sued or anything, but they probably didn't operate under the best business conditions. So it's essentially a bankruptcy filing. Yeah, except that it's uh, in England, they have different types of bankruptcy and different names for it. So this is a reorganization, which basically they're going to try to reorganize by renegotiating their loans because they can't afford the interest. Uh, just for um, everybody's information, they bought the one cent magenta and then syndicated it out. Well, that's an asset of Stanley Gibbons. So if Stanley Gibbons goes under, it's questionable what is going to occur with the people who own that because Stanley Gibbons is just going to take it and sell it. Um, I have seen where they're talking about spinning it off into a separate company so that it's protected. But if they protect it like that, then they lose, I forget what, they bought it for $7 million. They made money off the syndication on it. They still own like 3 or $4 million of it, I think. Uh, don't hold me to that, but there's some number. Well, that number drops off their balance sheet. So all of a sudden, they get really, really bad. So right now, their um, net value, they are 20 times. If, if, their, if their stock value is 3 pence, which, again, that's the only number I have, their negative value is 20 times the value of the stock. 
So, uh, yeah, off the uh, syndication of the One Cent Magenta, they paid $8.3 million for it. They made $129,000 in 2022 in profit off of uh, syndicating it. So, you know, it's a moneymaker. So uh, I'm just looking at this. Uh, if you go back to 2018 pre-COVID, their stock value was uh, 10 pence. And their share per value was uh, 2.9 pence. So they are, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> so the, the people who bought interest in the one cent agenda probably can't force the sale. Um, no, the but the banks can. Yeah. The trustees can. And so, you know, that's the thing is they sit there and go, well, you've got an $8 million asset and you owe us a bunch of money. Sell it. And so when they sell it, they're going to, you know, pay off the investors whatever they can and then distribute the rest. But if the value of the company goes to zero, and let's say they sell it for $8 million. Well, they have a liability to pay the people who it's syndicated to. Well, the problem is, is that, and this is a legal issue that I have no clue what the answer is, and I'm sure nobody actually does. This has to be addressed by a judge. What happens to that $8 million? Does it go to the syndicators or does it go to the uh, ten, uh, lenders? Yeah. The other thing is, which country is the legal system going to address that? Is that going to be done in England or is it going to be done in New York? A good question. Stamp was sold in New York. Yeah, right? good question. I, I'm sure that the people who are suing to get the money will pick whichever area is the best for them. Sure. And the people who are syndicating it will pick whatever is best for them. So we'll see what happens. This is an interesting, interesting thing, yeah. um, which adds to the story of the one cent magenta. I was going to say... Stamps with great stories, covers with great stories, seem to always be popular with yep. collectors. Yep, yep. So I wonder if, you know, when it has this story behind it, will the one cent magenta be more attractive? I can't imagine. Or is it now cursed? Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine a more storied stamp in the world than the one cent magenta, though. No, oh, my. Already. Yeah. I mean,. Just the DuPont story is... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got the DuPont, and then it's got a Mr. Weinstein and his um, shoe empire, right? We yeah. Weinstein, right? The the guy that put the shoe on the back of the stamp. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't, yeah I'm not sure if it's Weinstein, but uh, but yeah, yeah, he's got that Consider, gigantic shoe that he put on the... It's priceless yeah. and unique. Yeah. It's got all these hand stamps on the back of yes. it. You know? I mean, there's just a lot of things that... Oh, terrible, terrible condition. Condition, yeah. At and this point, it's a, a magenta piece of paper rather than a postage stamp. Yeah. So, Jim, what crossed your desk? Well, I'd, I had a couple of things. Um, but the one I wanted to talk about the most is the discovery of another uh, yellow Uncle Sam hat postcard rate stamp. The yellow one. The, the yellow one. That was so never issued. This was a never issued stamp. If, for those of you that don't know what the stamp looks like, it's got the red, white, and blue Uncle Sam hat. 
with a yellow background, and it says USA H postcard rate. Well, for whatever reason, they never issued the H. Now, what happened was they were expecting um, another increase, and this was back in the days they started with the A, B, and C, you remember. And um, when they uh, got, they found out that if they did not print the stamps ahead of the rate increase, they weren't ready in time when they announced the rate mm-hmm. increase. So they printed these stamps up, and um, then they didn't, for whatever reason, the postcard rate didn't go up, so they had no use for the H stamp. Um, and No, no, no. Either the postcard rate went up. They didn't have any use for the H, H. sheet stamps. Yeah. The H coil stamps, they did issue. Oh, okay. So well, And they, it was a different stamp. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they issued the first class rates Yeah, mm-hmm. in, in both coil and sheet and self-adhesive and all that kind of stuff. And those are the white H stamps. Right. But I don't think they ever, the postcard rate, if if it went up, it didn't go up to what the, the H would have designated. So anyway, they didn't issue the stamp. Somehow, some were released early. Now, I've heard two stories on what happened there. Um, one was, the first story I heard was that somewhere in the Midwest or the Northeast, in Massachusetts, New York, or Ohio, somewhere, that um, a post office released them early by mistake. Um, it also, I also heard from Scott today, when we were talking about this, that... Um, no, they had gathered them all up and were sending them to be macerated and destroyed, and a sheet somehow disappeared. Um, I don't know. You know, they were printed in sheets of twenty, and there's more than twenty known, so more than a one sheet disappeared. But somehow, you know, it, it could have been like uh, you're hauling waste paper. And the bag flies open, and some of it flew out, and somebody found stamps and said, hey, I can use these stamps. That's the story that I heard, by the way. Yeah. And it got picked up and got sold in a bulk postage thing. And a coin company that was shipping coins, I don't know if they were selling on eBay or whatever, but they were shipping. And they ship, they were just using these H stamps, you know, as regular postage and having them go out. And they sent out several of them until somebody said, Hey, I've never seen that stamp before. And so they were used and went into the coin collecting market. So now the question and the used ones that are found are from like coin dealers and stuff generally. Yeah. They're, but they just had a bunch of these stamps in this postage lot that they purchased. Okay. And and that kind of makes sense because if they'd been stolen, there'd be more of them. Or there would be... And they'd be in the collector, collector. community. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, um, the initial Lynn's article on this, uh, reporting it was back in 1999. So this has been 25 years that these stamps have been around. <coughs> the um, uh, first examples found were on business reply envelopes. So that could have... Some kind of a business was using them. Um from Albany, New York. Mm-hmm. So anyway, the the story in Lens this time, now we had one of these come through PSE a while back, which I authenticated, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, 
we, we've had several, but one that I remember that I authenticated. And the the bulk of the known copies are used. So we had this come through, and uh, the first thing you look for on it is what the postmark says. Now, this new find, the one that they're just announcing, you cannot tell. There's a picture of it on Lens, and you cannot tell what the postmark says. You can see the U.S., which I'm sure is USPO or U.S. whatever, P.S., at the bottom of the circular date. So those round... And it, it's a round red, red. It's going to be a hand stamp. Hand stamp. So it's probably not on a letter. Like, it's probably used as discount postage with a bunch of stamps, and somebody went it, through and whacked the whole thing. It's the kind of dupe, uh, uh, canceling device that they use on registered mail. And like you said, when there's the machine isn't going to catch all the stamps, so they put the other ones on there. Or at the it, post office counter. Yeah. yeah when they right. just use the little bopper. So anyway, the interesting thing about it is is that this was found. A, a fellow went to a stamp show, bought a bag of Kilaware, which is, you know, used stamps sometimes on paper or whatever, and for $13, and found this rare, rare stamp in there. Now, it's catalogs for um, used as 1750 That's 1750 that's more than thirteen dollars. Yes, that's, that's more than price. double. He he made he made a pretty good hefty price when he sells. Um, there are also mint copies out there, and there is a price of twenty four hundred dollars on an unused copy. Um, the census so far that they know they they did a census a while back, and they came up with sixty seven known of the stamp. But used and mint or combined? That or? was used. Oh, okay. And then they found some mint ones also since then. It says they had a document. They totaled, oh, I'm I'm sorry. They totaled 67 used stamps, and then they have some unused ones that have been reported. And I've seen them in auctions occasionally yep. also. So basically that's the story of the yellow um, hat stamp, the H stamp. Uh, I think this is really fascinating because it's kind of like the uh, Audrey Hepburn uh, Germany stamp yep. where they never issued it, but somehow some of them got out. And so people scramble for them. You look in Scott's and it's kind of listed as a, you know, there's no evidence that it was ever issued through the post office, but they're out there in the marketplace and were used postally. So it's it's one of those stamps that has a great story about it, if nothing else. So for those who aren't aware of the Audrey Hepburn stamp, uh, first of all, Audrey Hepburn, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, and a bunch of other, one of my favorite actresses. Well, you, your favorite show she was in. Yes, the, Charade. The, Charade. Charade, yeah. 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 I don't know anything about stamps. <laughs> Famous line. <laughs> um, it, anyway, it shows her smoking a long cigarette, uh, a long, what do they call those two? Cigarette of, holders. Yeah, yeah, cigarette holder. So she's got a long cigarette holder with the cigarette at the end. Uh, I don't know what movie that's from, but, you know, very classical. And uh, she came out and said, I don't want to promote smoking. Uh, stop using my picture. And so the German government said, okay, and destroyed that issue. Well, some of those stamps of... Audrey Hepburn smoking a cigarette on a cigarette holder 
made it into the public. So that's the stamp. If you ever see one, grab it. You've got a bunch of money. Yep. So the uh, H stamp ended, or, or the, the, the uh, numerical, not numerical. The, Alpha, uh, Alpha alphanumeric. Yeah, the alphanumeric uh, uh, stamps ended with H. And I heard anecdotally that um, that the Postal Service didn't want to have to issue an I-rate stamp. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. So, Mark, what crossed your desk? Well, a dealer sent in a um, a, t- a thirteen cent Christmas stamp um, that um, he thought would have uh, red omitted, red omitted, red color omitted. Um, which would be uh, 1703D. Um, so 1703, it's a 10-cent or 13 Yeah, it's a 13-cent <coughs> Christmas stamp of uh, kids. Uh, I think they're playing around on the ice. It looks like, yeah, they're yeah. sort of like skating next to a lake or yeah. standing next to a lake where they skate on or it's something. A, yeah, it's a courier um, lithograph uh, winter pastime. Um, but... Um, but the Postal Service actually issued um, two different versions of, of this particular design, uh, 1702 and 1703. Uh, one is uh, has block tagging, and the other has overall tagging. And you need a tagging light, which is, uh, um, uh, which is the shortwave UV, which is a more uncommon, in order to see the tagging. And uh, the other thing that uh, is interesting about these two issues is they do look different. Oh yeah, very different colors. Right. So um, what the uh, what the dealer thought was a color missing error, he was actually he actually had, um, and he, and he put in you know another stamp to for comparison, but they were they were not the same stamp. So the seventeen oh two, with the overall tagging, is actually in my opinion a very br- vibrant color. Right, it's, it's the red very, really stands out. Very well colored. Mm-hmm. The one with the block tagging looks like kind of a cheaper sort of washed out color. Right. So if you compare the two, you got a really nice one and a kind of washed out, ugly looking one. Yeah, and it's like, oh, that there's maybe a color missing, and that's why there's a difference. But no, it was a, it was a different printing method. And uh, one of the things that. Uh, we did was just by looking at the right edge of the stamp, you could literally see the red dots of the ink. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Well, on that note, keep collecting. We need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the stamp show here today. Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. (laughs) Because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun, but now the time has come. 
to go. If this Zilcom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you some other time! <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.